Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Center of Attention. Before we start, be sure to go follow our social medias on Twitter at COAPod73, uh, at Jimmy Pilato, Instagram at Proud underscore WAP, TikTok at Jimmy Pilato, and then uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate the show, and leave a review. Uh, that's the easiest way to help us move up in the rankings, not the rankings, the easiest way to help move the podcast into the algorithm that's used for iTunes so that more and more people can listen. You guys have been doing a good job um, getting new people to listen, even though with the pandemic and everything, the number of plays is a little bit skewed. Uh, we were averaging about 20, 21 before the pandemic started, and now we're averaging about 12 to 14 an episode. Not discouraging at all. I feel like the episodes keep getting better, so that helps when uh, looking at that kind of thing. But if you could take the time to rate and leave a review, if you subscribe, the new episodes will show up right as they're available. Uh, That'll all just help out. So those are the housekeeping notes. Thank you guys for sitting through them, listening. And now we can get into the episode. Um, Yeah, like I said, the morning of the podcast is going to be released basically as soon as I finish today. Um, I've been working a lot, so I didn't feel like doing a podcast last night. And now that I have I have to go in at work at about 10.30, so I have a little bit of time before, so figured I'd record the podcast now and then um, take care of the other things, go, go eat breakfast, go get ready, finish up getting ready to go to work. Uh, after I do this and after I'm trying to upload it. So, yeah, I mean, it's Thursday. Technically, it's my Friday because I have this Friday and Saturday off. I've been going pretty hard at work. Um, I worked, like I said in the last couple episodes, in the produce department at King's uh, by our, over here by our house, excuse me. And I've been working 6 a.m. to 2.30 every day that I've gone in so far. This is the first day that I'm not going in at 6 a.m., and uh, I, I enjoy it so far. It's been kind of funny. The people that I work with are pretty cool. Um, had a few different things that kind of reminded me why I liked working retail and why I did not like working retail. Um, but I'm learning a ton, and I think at some point I might get bumped up to a promotion or maybe get some more hours or something like that. Um, but like I said, this is just more of a temporary thing until I find another job. I actually just applied for another job this morning um, for a TV station out in Grand Junction, I believe. Let me pull up the message because they texted me when I submitted my application. KKCO. That's uh, Gray Television in Grand Junction. It's for the sports director slash reporter job. Um, so we'll see if anything goes with that. I wanted to stay here, stay local and not have to worry about possibly traveling for commencement, but I feel like I was talking to my mom earlier this week and I feel like if I just sit around and wait until graduation and not put any applications out, it starts to get to the point where maybe people aren't recognizing me, maybe I've missed the boat a little bit. Because I do think that it's gonna take time for people to be hired since there's no sports right now, but um, it's a little bit of a give and take. You want to wait long enough so that you're not over eager and you don't get discouraged because you're not getting hired for anything. Then you also got to figure out a different way 
to keep yourself out there, keep the application process fresh in your mind because that is probably the more difficult part of everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, that's what I did so far this morning. And uh, I'm not, not going to lie, it's been a little bit of a rough week. I mean, I told you guys last week that L Lauren and I broke up. Um, it was an unfortunate circumstance. It hasn't been super easy. It's not like it was just a high school relationship or a little bit of a fling. This was a year-long thing, and she was somebody I considered possibly to be the, the girl that I was going to marry and be with for the rest of my life. She had met my entire family. Everybody loved her from, you know, my parents here and my siblings to the people that my my extended family all really liked her. So it was a difficult decision to have to make. And um, it's been difficult on both of us, I think. But there's been some days that have been better than others. Luckily, I have my family here to support me. I have the podcast to continue to do. I've been working. That was at least a good thing is that when we did break up, I um, didn't have to go into work the next day. But it, going in super early like that, it, it is difficult at times because you think about, you know, I used to text her every morning when I woke up and then I would talk to her periodically throughout the day when I was on my break or anything like that. And now my phone's pretty silent. I'm not getting blown up by her. I. I know I have people in my life who care about how my day went, but she was the first to normally ask me because she was uh, waiting to get involved with her summer class. So there's there's some things that have been tough about it, but I feel <clears throat> at this moment it was the right thing to do. We'll see whatever happens. Um, circumstances of the breakup got kind of ugly, so I don't know what all is going to be happening anymore but I do know that I, I did want to stay friends I wanted to keep her in my life it wasn't just because we're broken up just because we weren't still being in a relationship doesn't mean that I don't love her anymore or any less it's just something that was an unfortunate thing and now having to come to grips with that having to figure out everything else that's going on in my life and then Obviously, I've been, I haven't been personally affected by the riots or the protests, but it has affected me, just on a humanities on a humanities level. Sorry about that. Recording this in the basement. Don't really have a, a studio, so there was a, a thing that we had a hat fall and then knocked over something else on the desk where I have the mic sitting. Um, we talked about Dom and I talked about the uh, protests and riots on Monday's episode and I wanted to look f at it in a way that I, I wanted to start seeing the world it's one of the things that I loved about my sociology classes is that it always taught you perspective and empathy from another person's point of view um, and I feel like this has been something that has been brewing underneath the surface for a while um, and now we ha we're seeing <clears throat> This is basically a gauge to see where everybody else stands in the country on it. There have been some people who I think have rose to the occasion. I think some people have finally admitted I was one of them that Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the national anthem wasn't a terrible thing. But there's also some people who are doubling down and 
it's really making things a little bit more hectic in the world than we should. This has been a hell of a year already. It's only, I mean, we're only halfway through this year, and we've had to deal with so much other shit going forth so far with the World War Three threats early on in January. Um, February, <clears throat> Kobe and Gianna died. March is when this whole coronavirus pandemic started. April, we were locked down in quarantine. May, we had killer wasp hornets. And at the end of that month, we also had the George Floyd thing. So that's not been an easy month so far, uh, or easy year so far. But I, I want to say that we're possibly moving in the right direction. I'm not the most religious person in the world, but I have started to get a little bit more religious. And I'm not going to say that we're getting ready to bounce back anytime soon because every time that I've said that, something else has happened to push it back a little bit. But I did want to share this just for those of you who are struggling. I know I missed Mental Health Month, Mental Health Awareness Month in May, but I, I do have some anxieties about different things. I do have my own struggles, uh, not on a daily basis, but there are times where I don't have as good of an attitude or as good of a mood. So I've been trying to figure out different ways to maybe help myself bounce back from that. And when I got home from the hospital in September, October, after I had had my near-death experience, I was trying to find a way to maybe ease my mind a little bit, give me some sort of comfort. And so I started reading the Bible and then interpreting some of the uh, interpreting some of the passages that I've been reading I got really into the book of Psalms and I found a couple that <clears throat> I really enjoyed and I just wanted to share them with you in case you needed this for the for today if you didn't it's always nice to hear something like this um, it's the highest selling book of all time for a reason whether you're and this one won't be just for Christianity people who follow a Christian denomination this is from the Old Testament in the book of Psalms Psalm 18 <clears throat> I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock, in whom I found in whom I found protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and the place of my safety. I called on the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and He saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed for my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. And I really like, that's not the entire psalm, but those are two of the passages that I picked out when I was going through this. And I interpreted the first passion, pa passage. I love you, Lord, you are my strength, as God is someone I can count on to protect my mind and my soul once I have found faith in him. And the second passage, faith in God protects you from all dangers in the world and any stage, stage of distress. It may not seem like those two are very pertinent at the moment. We're going through a lot more, and I feel like there's been a ton of people that have been calling out for help and for guidance and for you know, the Lord, whichever, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus Christ, anybody like that, you believe in Muhammad if you're Muslim, I feel like everybody's been calling out for some sort of guidance, for some sort of strength, for some sort of protection, maybe even to stop everything that's going on. The one thing that I have been trying to come to grips with, because my family's been going through a lot at the moment, and um, 
obviously when I was reading this, I was going through a lot, still dealing with the fact of being a few hours away from not being able to be here anymore. And the only solace that I can take, the only way that I can ever make myself feel better, the first step that I took towards being able to recover mentally from everything that happened was to finally accept the fact that I'm not going to understand every reason why we have to go through a hardship in life. There's never going to be a total explanation. You're never going to find the exact right thing and the exact cause of a certain situation, whether it's in your life, in the world, in your country, at school, at home, um, in a relationship. But I do know, for one thing, that everything that happens... While you might not be able to figure out the reason, you don't even have to say that everything happens for a reason. I do believe that anything that you're going through at that point in your life will either make you stronger for a more difficult situation down the road or is given to you because you, whoever you believe in, whatever you believe in, knows that you are able to come back and find a way to persevere through that. I don't know whether or not he would like me to talk about this. I don't know whether or not my family would like me to talk about this, but I do have a cousin right now, Tommy O'Neill, and I'll actually pull up. They have a GoFundMe going for his chemotherapy right now, but he, two months ago, like in the, right in the middle of quarantine, um, he was diagnosed with... He went into the doctor, wasn't feeling right. He did a CAT scan, found that he had the tumor the size of a, a softball um, in his back, sitting on his lungs. Uh, they took it out, hoping that it wasn't anything. Turned out that it was cancerous. So that that was something that really wasn't a great thing to deal with. Um, to, and then they took it out. He did radiation, was able to go home, then had to go back for pneumonia a couple weeks later. And the cancer has returned, so he's starting his chemo soon. I just shared it to my Facebook page. But if you want to help, they he I know he is a tough individual. I know that I don't fear anything that's going to happen with him necessarily. But I do think that if you are a person who would like to help and would like to go find ways that you can make an impact in the world, he does have two very young children that are under the age of five and when I first got the news that he was diagnosed with cancer that my dad my dad called me and told me it was something that I didn't know how to process at the moment because I hadn't fully grasped what I had just said about everything happening for a reason or everything happening to prepare you for something coming up that's going to possibly be worse down the line. I've come to the realization that he got this happening to him now because if he had been diagnosed earlier in his life when he wasn't with his wife or his two kids, he wouldn't have had as much to fight for him and possibly not had the same will to get through any of this. I'm not saying that it's better that he got it now because I don't think that anybody should ever have to deal with anything like this. I pray that his two two children don't have to understand the gravity of the situation that's go, it's going to happen early on in their lives because I don't want them to lose the optimism that you have when you're a kid but uh, if you could go to my Facebook I just shared it to my page or if you just search um, 
on GoFundMe help Tommy O'Neill kick cancer's ass organized by Joe Christine Garcia. And if you could donate a little bit or if you can share it to your Facebook page and have your friends possibly donate to it, that would be a huge help. I, I want... I want to start doing this more, not just for people that are in my family, and unfortunately this is the closest to home that this has been in my family, besides, you know, some other things going on inside the house that I'd rather not discuss at this moment, but I, I want to try and help help them out. I know that they could use all the help that they can get, and this is a scary situation for everybody that's involved. Like I, like I said, Tommy and Amanda, his wife, have two kids that are very young, and I know that they want to see them grow up as they grow old together. So I think that if I put this out there, this is one of those ways that I can help impact the world. And a world that right now is going through a whole bunch of bad shit. So there's, if you could go and donate or just share it to your page, that would be great. I'll put it out through the... My, I put it out on my Facebook, I'll try and put it out on my Twitter and Instagram and um, the Center of Attention Twitter as well, just so that everybody has a chance to see it, but that would be a huge help. Speaking of the stuff that's going on in a world that is causing a whole bunch of unrest, obviously the riots and the protests and the fact that our president is deciding to move the National Guard on its citizens... We are now having to, we have a gauge as to what side of the fence a person sits on. I, I'm sure, I mentioned it earlier on in this episode, but I'm sure everybody remembers the whole hoopla surrounding former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick as he was taking a knee during the National Anthem. And what that stood for, whether you thought it was right or wrong, but I hope everybody understood that it was for the, it was his best platform to spread awareness about the fact that police are killing innocent people of color, and he didn't want to make a big stink about it, didn't want to badmouth anybody, but he wanted to make a statement and show that you're not always going to be able to get somebody to do what you want, especially when you're oppressing that big of a portion of the country. Unfortunately, now, in this recent, in these recent times, Drew Brees was being interviewed yesterday, and he was asked about what he thought of players potentially kneeling again during the national anthem for the 2020 season. And his comments, while I have made similar comments in the past, still sh reflected the ignorance of somebody who had not been paying attention to some of the things that have been happening in the world recently. <clears throat> his direct quote was, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. Let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the flag of the United States... I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try and make our country and this world a better place. Even though to every time I stand with my hand over my heart looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. In many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, 
not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movement of the, of the 60s and everybody and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point and everyone right now with our country right now. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go, but I think what you do by standing there and showing respect for the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can do, we can all do better, and that we are all part of the solution. Those statements, while a few years ago when Kaepernick was originally doing this, probably wouldn't have caused that big of a stink. Those statements are probably the reason why Drew Brees in the upcoming NFL season is going to get his head taken off by more than just the t op opposing team. He had a few a few of his own teammates, Michael Thomas and Malcolm Jenkins, come out and say what they thought about his statements. LeBron James tweeted about it and said that this is an ignorant message, and I agree with, with them now that this is an ignorant message. Though he might have had good intentions that saying that this standing for the flag, stands up for the people of the 60s and the civil rights movement. But I don't think that he fully understood, and this is because he never had to go through it himself. He doesn't understand the message behind the kneeling. It's not disrespecting the flag. It's not disrespecting the military. It's not trying to disrespect anybody who has put their life on the line for the country. It's bringing awareness to a group of people who have had to fight just as hard as the people who fought for the flag to be able to live in their country that they call home. In a country that they didn't come to willingly. In a country that doesn't necessarily even see them on the same level as some of those around them. Michael Thomas said that he tweeted yesterday, we don't care if you don't agree and wh whoever else about that, whoever else, how about that. And then he also said he doesn't know any better. LeBron James, in his tweet, said, wow, man, it, it is still surprising at this point. Is it still surprising at this point? Sure isn't. You literally still don't understand why Cap was kneeling on one knee. He ha has absolutely nothing to do with the disrespect of soldiers and men and women who keep our land free. Then he goes on to talk about his family members who have fought in the in the military and said that when he asked them about this protest, it wasn't anything, they didn't think of it as disrespectful. They knew what was going on. And he's tried to come out and say that he apologizes for it, but this is something that you should have had a full understanding of before you made a statement on it. He should have asked, he should have, either not had made a comment or during this interview because this makes it so much worse and now that he came out for issued an apology like four hours after he made the original statements it just seems like he's not really apologizing for what he said he's apologizing for the fact that he pissed people off this is something that this is a player that I never thought would be this way I was talking to Rev again yesterday because he sent me the original tweet Apparently, he, he is a very conservative individual. He agrees with a lot of the policies set forth by our president, whether you agree with some of them or all of them. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to vote for Trump in this upcoming election because I don't want the other side. I don't want the other candidate in the office. I don't think that 
either candidate is great, but I'd rather go with a person who has been there and I know what's going to happen. With this ignorant statement, it goes along with the ignorant statement that Trump has been making about the protests and the fact that he wants to move the National Guard on American citizens trying to protest for their rights as humans. And this is part of the reason why I argue so hard on this issue and argue so hard on this stance is that when a person, an individual of a race which I happen to belong to, the human race, but also the color of the skin that I share, makes a statement like this, it makes it seem like all of all of the people who look like him feel the same way or don't understand or don't empathize with somebody who's had to struggle, whose ancestors have had to struggle, whose ancestors were probably brought over here on a boat to work farms because the farms were too big for just us to work on. And that is not the case. I want to let everybody know now that it is not the case that white people do not understand this issue. Ignorant people do not understand this issue. On both sides, I believe. <clears throat> it's nowhere near on the same level, and I hate that I even have to compare it to this, but since we're on this subject, I have also been subject to treatment that I felt was unfair because of the way that I looked and the way that I identified myself. It's, I'm, I'm saying, I'm re restating that it was nowhere near along the same lines as what is going on with the African Americans. I never feared for my life. I was never in any kind of physical threat of harm, anything like that. But in the fall, I was taking a class for my sociology major called Sex and Society. And it was a class to maybe open your eyes a little bit more about some of the LGBTQ issues that have been going on, how people have responded to them, whether or not we're in this great progressive place or if we're still oppressing people who are of the other sect of the country. And there was three men in the class total. Two of us were straight and white. I was the only straight white man who was an athlete my entire life and was exhibited very heterosexual tendencies in my actions. The other other guy was barely there. He was a pothead and didn't really take the class very seriously. I took the class because I wanted to learn more about people who I am hap I happen to have people related to me that are fall along the LGBTQ lines. I've an uncle, I I have other members of my family who are this way. And I wanted to gain more of an understanding, more of a perspective as to what they're going through. When I'm in this class, there's a non-binary person also in this class. And all they talk about are how white men are the enemy, straight white men are the oppressors of everybody. All straight white men should be rounded up, beaten, and shown the same discrimination that they have shown to other people throughout the history of this planet and that all straight white athletes are assholes and they should be kicked out of school and sports should be discontinued as a whole because they deserve to be in as much pain and punishment as they have caused throughout the rest of this history. While I don't disagree that there has been many, 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 way more than I would like to admit, white men, straight white men, straight white athletes who have been assholes to people who do not identify as what they are. Whether that be gay, bisexual, trans, 
any any of that. Now there's non-binary that has kind of come to the forefront of everything moving on, and I, if that is who you are, I have no right to tell you what or what, who or what they should be. I will try to use the pronouns that are respectful of that person, and and I don't. If I screw up, if I slip up, it's not out of hate. It is out of, I am still learning, still trying to get in the habit of using that. For 22 years of my life, I had called people he or she. And now I am trying to learn that some people do not want to be called he or she. They would rather be called they or them because they do not identify as a man or a woman. They identify as somebody who is just a person, and that is fine. I don't have a problem with that, and honestly, I would more than I can say with almost 100% certainty that I would stand up for somebody who is like that in that situation. That is something that I believe wholeheartedly in. I've always stood up for people who have been less than because I've been, it was at first trying to protect members of my family who I've seen and heard stories about be oppressed, struggle with this kind of thing. I don't want somebody to feel like I don't have their back just because we are different. I've been in fistfights defending my uncle and his right to have a husband, which now he finally does, and I hope that right... I fight every day for that right not to be taken away. I've had friends who are gay. I've had a lot of different people in my life who I've come in contact with who I want to help and I want to stand up for because I know that I have it fairly easy as, like I said, a straight white male. I don't have some of the other... You know, I don't have some of the other economic benefits of some of my peers as straight white men who were born into a family with a little bit more socioeconomic status. But I don't have, like I said, I don't have to worry about getting pulled over and being killed. Don't have to worry about being discriminated against for the color of my skin. But in this class, it was interesting because though I was there trying to become a better ally for these people, they were attacking everything that I identified myself as. Everything that has taught me my values, everything that has taught me how to go throughout my life, possibly the reason that I was still alive because I was a fighter be- through everything that I've done. And, and it, I felt, uh, I already felt uncomfortable because, like I said, I was one of the only three men in the class and everything that we talked about, every article that we read, every discussion that we had, straight white men were always the issue. Straight white men were always the asshole in the situation that caused everybody else the pain that they had to go through. And rightfully so, because that is how things have worked for so long. It's the, the, I don't know why we have had the power throughout the history of the world, but that's just how that has been. I'm, I'm a part of that because that's how I look like. That is my race. That is my ethnicity. I'm from, I'm of European descent, all of that. But that shouldn't condemn me to being forced and being told that I'm an asshole, that I shouldn't be here, that I'm the one that's causing all the pain, when I personally have done nothing but try to become a better person in this society for the people who I know don't share the same advantages of me. Luckily, I had a professor who I was able to go talk to, tell them that I was uncomfortable about everything that's happening, and they went and they talked to the non-binary person because if I said some of the things that they were saying about me, I would have been strung up on the flagpole as somebody who hates people who are different than them. I would have become another another white asshole 
in the history of this country, and I didn't want that to happen. So I bit my tongue, I let them say what they needed to say, and then I went to the professor and told them, hey, I understand, I have empathy for what they're going through and for some of the things that they've had to endure in their life trying to become the person that they feel in their heart that they are. But that doesn't mean that they should have the right to attack the person who I feel in my heart that I am. And I think bringing that back to the original discussion of the George Floyd and the riots and the protests and whether or not there should be kneeling during the national anthem, I feel like everybody has the right to do what they feel like. The riots, I'm never going to defend the riots. The one thing I will say about the riots is I just I'll look it up because I want to get I want to give a recognition to the names and lives that have lost. Trying to figure out. <clears throat> I know that the original Black Lives Matter movement, excuse me, was in response to 2015 and Right now, I found an article where there was over a hundred people of color murdered by police who were unarmed in 2015 alone. And then, honestly, this is some of the uh, more disheartening information that I've had to look up for this podcast. Um, Twenty fourteen Black Lives Matter demonstrated against the deaths of numerous African Americans by police actions, including those of Dontre Hamilton, Eric Gardner, John Crawford the third, Michael Brown, Ezell Ford, Laquan McDonald, Akai Gurley, Tamir Rice, Antonio Martin, Jermaine Reed, among others. Twenty fifteen Charles Lindu Kuang, Tony Robinson, Anthony Hill. Megan Hockaday, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, William Chapman, Jonathan Sanders, Sandra Bland, Samuel DeBose, Jeremy McDold, Corey Jones, and Jamar Clark, as well as Dylan Roof's murder. 2016, 
Bruce Kelly Jr., Alton Sterling, Philandro Castile, Joseph Mann, Abdirahman, Abdirahman, Abdi, Paul O'Neill, Corey Gaines, Seville Smith, Terrence Critcher, Keith Lamont Scott, Alfred Longo, Deborah Danner. 2017 Jacques Clemens Megan Barry So with all those names and the fact that it took me about two minutes to read off everybody who has been murdered by police and has been a part of this movement and trying to gain more of a understanding and more rights for these people and hopefully we get to the point where they won't have to worry about whether or not they're going to be murdered for being pulled over in a traffic stop or being in the wrong house and the SWAT team goes in for a raid on the on the neighboring house instead of the actual drug dealer's house. The one thing I will say about the protests is that after how those many people have been killed not saying it's right but how else would you expect people to react at this point? We'll give the same analogy that I did to Dom on Monday's podcast. If you get poked in the eye so many times every single year, every single day of every single year, how long is it going to take for you to finally fight back? I feel like if this was a different situation, there would have never been a discussion as to whether or not the riots... The riots are being used as a way to take away the discussion for the Black Lives Matter movement and the protesters and the peacefulness of all of these protests and the fact that cops do agree with a lot of the people who are protesting out in the streets. It's I'm never condemning the police departments when I say this, but there are a lot of cops that would rather kill a black person than actually take the time to understand what's going on with them. Whether they think that they're not going to be able to make it home to their family, that doesn't matter because they're taking a, fam a, a member of somebody else's family away when they do this. I'm just, it's just frustrating and it's to the point now where I don't know what to say, what to do. All I can try and do is be as empathetic and understanding and learn as much as I can about the movement and about what we should do as a society, what I can do as an individual in this society. I know a lot of it stems around voting. I know that we need to vote anyways in general. This is a call to action for my generation, but we need to vote presidentially, vote in your local elections, vote in your criminal justice system. That is gonna be what we can do to make the most impact in the least amount of time so that we can hopefully get some sort of reform in this system and the systematic racism and this people being allowed to be in this very high stressful difficult job who can't handle it and who would rather pull the trigger on somebody who has no weapon pulled against them excuse me but I also want our generation and I think that we have a lot more people but we should be standing up for everybody. Stand up for everybody's rights as human. Don't let somebody from an older generation tell you, well, this is how it's always been. Fuck that. It's been going on long enough. Fuck that. I am tired of hearing that. 
well, this is how it's always been. Well, you never know the other side of the story. Well, no, no, it doesn't matter. If I was killed by a police officer the way that George Floyd was, I don't think anybody would be questioning, well, he was a kind of a bad person or he's done these things had made these mistakes. That needs to stop being an excuse. That needs to stop being something that is said. That does not hold water anymore. Held water back when African Americans didn't have the same rights as everybody when we were segregated. I don't, I don't agree that it held water, but that is what happened. That is when that statement was okay to make. It's not okay to make anymore. I just... I don't... I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up this scene because it's been going around social media the last couple of days. But everybody needs to go rewatch Remember the Titans, and we should figure out um, we should figure out how we can get to the point of this. Of where they got in the movie. I know it's a movie, but this is based on a true story, and I'm sure that this actually had to happen because we we don't have segregation anymore, and we have integrated people all over. And I've played with so many people of color, football, baseball, wrestling. We're exact exactly the same, other than the fact that some of us have to learn harder lessons earlier on in life than others. But other than that, we look the same, we talk the same, we act the same, we like the same things. Here we go. Five minutes. I'm Gary. You're Julius. Let's get some particulars and just get this over with, all right? What's it, Willis? Yeah. No matter what I tell you, you ain't gonna never know nothing about hey, me. Hey, listen. I ain't running any more of these three days, okay? Well, what I got to say, you really don't want to hear, because honesty ain't too high up on your people priority list, right? Honesty? You want honesty? All right, honestly, I think you're nothing. Nothing but a pure waste of God-given talent. You don't listen to nobody, man. Not even Doc or Boone. Shiver push on the line every time, man. You blow right past them. Push them, pull them, do something. You can't run over everybody in this league. And every time you do, you leave one of your teammates hanging out to dry. Me in particular. Why should I give a hoot about you? Huh? Or anybody else out there? You want to talk about a waste? You the captain, right? Right. Captain's supposed to be the leader, right? Right. You got a job? I have a You've job. You been doing your job? I've been doing my job. Then why don't you tell your white buddies to block for Red better? Because they have not blocked for him or for Plug Nickel, and you know it. Nobody plays. Yourself included. I'm supposed to wear myself out for the team? What team? No. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look out for myself and I'm going to get mine. See, man, that's the worst attitude I ever heard. Attitude reflect leadership, Captain. I think everybody should go back and watch the movie as a whole, but that is one of my favorite scenes in any movie that I've ever watched. I think that it is a really good message for everything going on in the world today. It's not one side or the other needs to 
figure figure themselves out. We need to figure ourselves out together. Not white, not black, not Mexican, not anything, not Muslim. We all need to have a similar goal in mind, which should be everybody being on an equal playing field, everybody going through the same struggles, everybody dealing with stuff in the same way, nobody having to worry about whether or not they're going to get murdered for the way that they look. And it should be a collective effort. We should all hold hands, walk down the street, because that is the only way that we will get true equality. I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime. I'm going to do everything that I can to help move towards that. And I hope at some point, somewhere down the line, somewhere somebody is related to me, and they're able to say, wow, this actually happened. I don't need credit for it. I, I think everybody who actually cares about this and who actually wants this to happen doesn't want credit for it. They just want to see change happen in the world. And honestly, that's what I'm looking for as well. <sighs> okay, glad I got that off my chest because that was bugging me all day yesterday and I wasn't having a very good day anyways, but I was feeling pretty sad about the, my breakup, so I'm glad I was able to get that off my chest. I hope that you guys take what I actually intended from it. Don't clip, don't clip anything that I say. Don't say that I'm for one side, not the other. I'm for whatever is going to get us moving forward in the right direction. I'm not Republican, not Democrat, not religious. I'm not a white supporter. I'm not anti-military because I think that Kaepernick or anybody who's going to kneel during this upcoming season is, is an asshole. I just want to see change happen, and I think that this is the best way to for myself to be able to do it. I'm going to start educating myself, voting in every single election that I can, finding people that I can talk to and understand a little bit better, educate myself so that I become a better person than the person I was a year ago, two months ago, two weeks ago, two days ago. And I feel like that's what everybody should do. You can agree with me, you cannot agree with me. If you don't agree with me and you think that I'm, I shouldn't be talking about this, you can go ahead and we don't have to be friends anymore. You can turn the podcast off. I don't care. I'll do this for myself for all I care. If that is your feelings about anything that's been going on, it's your feelings. But I don't want to be associated with somebody like that. That is the attitude that has kept us in the same rut for the past however many years it's been. Okay. Well, that's a tough one to transition out of. I tried to do it on Monday's episode, and it didn't work out as well as I planned. I'm going to try and do it again today. Um, It's about 9.05 right now, so I'm already late for this week's episode to come out, but... I'll get it out there as soon as possible. I might cut this one a little bit short because I really don't know anything else that's been going on. Um, Let's see, let's see. talk about anything else related to the issues of race 
because I feel like you've heard me rant about that enough. I have been watching some new stuff on Netflix. Um, started rewatching Avatar: The Last Airbender because I enjoyed it the first time, and now that I'm a little bit older and I can watch it at my own pace, I'm starting to pick up on some more of the messages and everything else that's going on in that show. Honestly, it's a great show to watch right now in the, in the climate of everything that's going on. I said I wasn't going to talk about it anymore, but the fire in the show, it, four elements, water, earth, fire, and air, and there's some people who can control those elements, and they call them benders, but at some point, the Fire Nation starts a war because they feel like they're superior to everybody else. They're, they're the superior element, they start a war, try and take over the entire world, take out the water tribe, take out the airbenders, and then they're, as the show starts, they're trying to take over the Earth Kingdom, um, and they have to kind of figure out everything else that's been going on. So I, I, I highly recommend that. It's a good show. It's 20 minutes an episode, so it doesn't take a whole lot of time to, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of time to get through, and it's a fairly easy watch. It's kind of funny, kind of goofy. brings you back to a little bit of a nostalgia. Uh, I remember watching it on Nickelodeon back when I was like eight or nine, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So that, you should check that out. Um, let's see. Let's see, Bill and Ted did a commencement speech. Kind of want to listen to this one. Um, let's see, class of 2020, be excellent to each other. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter made a special appearance during the virtual graduation festivities for San Dimas High School on Tuesday, sending a special shout-out to the seniors from their Bill & Ted alma mater. The pair introduced themselves as the Wild Stallions, their band from the 1989 cult classic Bill & Ted's Excellent Adventure, 1991 sequel, Bill & Ted's Bogus Journey. We know that it's a tough time right now, and you are having to do this virtual graduation, Winter said. We want to wish you the best of luck moving forward. Congratulations to, be, to the graduating class of 2020. Well done and added Reeves, who was supporting a be, who was sporting a Be Excellent to Each Other t-shirt. The pair threw in a few more Bill and Ted-isms, including San Dimas High School football does rule before Reeves signed off with a party on. Check out their most excellent message below, starting at... Let's see, I don't know if this will... you the best of luck moving forward. 
Yeah, congratulations to the graduating class of 2020. Well done. San Dimas High School football does roll. Rules! <laughs> but most importantly, we wanted to tell you to be excellent to each other. And party on. I don't know how I feel about the virtual graduations, but I think that the best part of commencements and the best part of the graduations are the commencement addresses. Um, it's what I'm looking forward to going back to Gunnison in September. But they are right. This is a tough, tough situation that we've been put in, but the people who have graduated, people who have finished high school or college right now are tougher than any I think anybody would have ever given them credit for because we were able to do finish school in a pandemic and now we're able to move forward and try and start our lives during this time of global crisis. I'm not going to give a commencement address. I just want to let everybody know that if you are one of those people who did have to graduate during this time, and I know I would have rather walked right away. I would have rather done this on time instead of having to wait. Sometimes it's not how everything works, so... It's unfortunate. I wish that it didn't happen, but I think that it's going to be good for us moving forward. I think that we're all going to be able to help change this country, and I think that we, at some point, will become the new voice of America, and I hope that at some point we can show the older generations and the younger generations how to treat each other, and I just want to be able to do something like that because I think that's going to be way better of a legacy than we can ever have hoped to leave and that's the message that I'll end with giving you like I said at the beginning follow the show at COA pod me at Jimmy Pilato at proud wop at Jimmy Pilato on TikTok. like subscribe rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts wherever you listen tell a friend about the show let's continue to grow this I, I really enjoy doing it like I said and hopefully at some point I will be giving you the news on whether or not I got this news reporter job in Grand Junction or we'll be able to go outside hopefully at some point and we'll be able to um, push forward the idea of everything that's been being fought for in the country so far. Quick shout out before I forget uh, to end the episode. Shout out to Gunnison, Colorado. Shout out to every place that's been having these peaceful, peaceful protests. Um, it's a big deal and I think that this showing that we can protest together, protest civilly, and ex exercising our right as an American citizen to do so is going to be way more beneficial than anything else that has been done so far. So with that, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys back on Monday for a sports episode. Not going to say anything right now, but there's, possibility, there's a possibility of having a very special guest for that episode. But with that, have a good weekend, everybody, and I'll see you guys on Monday.